Welcome to Live Laugh Lorazepam, the mental health podcast that absolutely no one asked for, but we needed. I'm Abby. And I'm Julie. We hope that sharing our stories will help erase the stigma behind mental illness and potentially save lives. Join our mental health conversation twice a month on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to our first episode. We are thrilled to have you all here with us. Today's conversation covers a wide variety of topics, including why Julie and I both need a mental health podcast, and we think you do too, how therapy is sort of like dating and battling mental health struggles during your period for those of us who have uteruses. Hey, Abby. Yeah. Why do you want to do a mental health podcast? Well, I think... You and I have some wonderful conversations about mental health. We both suffer from a variety of things, Um, but finding common ground and talking it out with a friend is probably the best medicine. Like therapy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think talking it out and working our way through what we're feeling and how we're coping and... Um, finding new avenues for expression and healing is important. And so if by us having this conversation and sharing it with others helps them realize that they're experiencing the same thing that we are and that they're not alone, then I think that's really important. Is this my turn to say why I'm doing a mental health podcast? Yeah, Julie, why do you want to do a mental health podcast? I think it's an outlet that is much needed for not only myself, but for you. Um, And now I'm blanking. But I want to do a mental health podcast because every time I talk about my own journey, I feel like I heal more and realize more about myself than I have in the past. Um, This will also be free therapy versus the therapy I pay for. (laughs) So it's like double therapy. Um, Thank you to my therapist. She's awesome. Um, And I just want to hopefully help people and just share who I am. I think that's actually a really nice segue into my first question for you. Oh, God, she's got (laughs) questions. I'm supposed to have questions. Okay. So currently, I am having a really hard time finding a therapist um, with, you know, the oversaturation in the mental health industry right now. Uh, I can't even get a call back. So I still, yeah, I mean, it's been since we're in what? We're in June right now. And I, the last time I talked to my therapist was January. And then she retired (laughs) and I couldn't find anyone new. So my question for you is like, how did you find your therapist and how did you know that she was like the right fit for you? Because I feel like sometimes it's a little like dating. Oh, I think it's worse than dating. It's so hard. (laughs) I mean, I am all for therapy. Go to therapy, find a therapist, but also make sure you find the right one. Um, I've had several therapists throughout the years. Um, When I first started therapy, my parents would have to drag me out the door to go to therapy 
because I hated it so much. But it was just because I didn't find the right fit. This therapist is honestly the best person I've ever had to talk to. And how did I find her? Um, I was seeing my psychiatrist for meds and realized I needed more. And I kept saying to her, can you just be my therapist? But she can only do 20-minute med appointments. And then she's like, I don't know this person, but they have good um, recommendations from other doctors in the building. And then I met my therapist, who I won't name. Um, and we just clicked. Like, it was just easy. And I yeah. felt like I could trust her. Um, and, of course, the first, like, three times are always awkward. Yeah. Um, but for you, getting in there now, I would just keep trying different places. Like, they're be willing to do online. You have to put in the work and call and email and harass them until you can get <laughs> someone. Um, and if you don't like them, don't stay. Yeah. Though, if you can't get anyone else and it is helping even a tiny bit, Stay until you can find someone new. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, everyone has wait lists right now, which can be discouraging. Like I send emails and I call and then I get the response just saying, oh, I'm so sorry, we have like a two to three month wait list. We'll get back to you. And I mean, it's been three months with one and four months with another. Um, and thankfully, you know, I have the right meds right now and I have great family and friends who I can talk to but yeah I definitely think therapy helped and I can tell that I'm sort of missing it but we are in like a really bizarre time um, and everyone really is looking for therapy which is both a good thing and a bad thing right now I feel like so many people are looking for therapists and they're having trouble finding them, which means, you know, we have more people seeking therapy, thank God. <laughs> but then we don't have enough therapists right. to actually yeah, help. People are finally going to therapy. And then I hope this doesn't turn them away that the fact they can't find one or they find yeah. a bad one. Um, yeah, we... or they get charged for like an online service that costs too much or. Or someone who's not qualified to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. Can we share therapy horror stories? <laughs> yes, we definitely can. But I want to pre preface this by saying I love therapy. I will continue to go to therapy. I have therapy on Wednesday. But sometimes, like you said, it's like dating and it's like a bad first date. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm ready. I had a therapist, and we've talked about this before, but... She would fall asleep multiple times. She was older, which I'm still very grateful for her. And I actually found it kind of relaxing to talk to someone who was asleep. <laughs> but I would be sitting there and I'm looking at her and I'm like, is she resting her eyes or is she asleep? But I would continue talking because it was less awkward than sitting there silently. But then she would come up, like wake up a little bit and like say something and then I would just continue on and and then I ghosted my therapist <gasps> bad she called me and was like I sent her to voicemail because with my anxiety that's how I handle phone calls um 
and she's like, do you want to know if you want to set up another appointment? And I wanted to be like, I want you to retire. <laughs> Ma'am, I think you need to sleep more. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if she's more awake in the morning for her patients. I mean, I'm still thankful for her. Like, it was decent. And it was helpful, like, to have at least one outlet. Mm. Um, but, again, you can move on to the next therapist. Do you have any therapy horror stories? I it's, mean, I'm sure I have more, but if you... Oh, it's so funny, because I was going to say something very similar. I And I, I know we've compared to see if we have the same... If we had the same therapist, and we didn't, which makes me think, like how many therapists are out there right now just falling asleep on their clients? Um, but I had so, sort of the same issue. I, I went to see this woman who I really, really liked, connected with really well, um, but she was older and she would fall asleep during our sessions. Um, and it became almost sort of like a little game for me to like make her laugh enough that she would stay awake. <laughs> Which, of course, is the whole point of therapy, right? <laughs> is to make my therapist laugh. Um, but no, it, I mean, I enjoyed her. I didn't get, um, I didn't get a lot of feedback from her. She would mostly just ask me questions to let me talk. And maybe that was because she could sense that's how I needed to work through things. Um, but I also, I enjoyed my conversations with her. But I, it felt like I could have been talking to anyone, I guess. Um, so to me for free? Yeah. Like literally I could have been doing this podcast, I think. Um, and it would have been the same sort of return on investment. Um, but then she ended up moving uh, out wait, of state. that kind of hurts a little bit. Same return. <laughs> I hope I help you more. No, than I get this. way more from you. Thank you. Okay. She ended up moving out of state. Um, and we did virtual for a little bit during the pandemic. But she would like forget to show up for about 50% of our calls and then she never told me she was retiring, but I tried to call her office and schedule an appointment and they told me she was retiring that she'd reach out. Um, and she missed our last two appointments and then never called me. So she ghosted me, which was very rude, but also she was getting up there in age and I think she was probably overwhelmed with the volume of clients that she had. Um, so I don't hold it against her. She was a lovely lady. Um, should, uh, I guess I want to say what now I love about my therapist. Yeah, go for it. But also validate you by saying not everyone falls asleep, I promise you. <laughs> and if I fall asleep on the other end of this podcast, you're allowed to throw something at me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, because I might. Not today. Uh... So what to look for in a good therapist? Actually, we, we actually talked about this in therapy like f- four weeks ago, and it was someone who is not your friend. Because mm. I get everything I need from you, but I also... She was saying, when you have a friend, you can still hold something back and like, or expect them to answer in a certain way. Yeah. So my therapist was like... She was like, I can't be friends with people. And, like, that's not my job to be your friend. Um, because then you will hold things back. And she actually dropped a bomb that she had a baby. And I was like, when were you pregnant? Because I, like, we stopped seeing each other when I turned 26. That does sound like a relationship. I turned 26 and didn't have the right insurance. 
and I didn't want to find another therapist, which I I should have, Um, but finally got good insurance, um, and I found her again, ended up on her wait list, but I didn't want anyone else. Mm. Um, But so someone who's not your friend, but you can trust, but also I don't want to know anything about her. Like I do, like as a human, I always like... But would it change how you talk to her? Totally. Like, I'm always, like, I I am a kind person, I'd like to say. And I always want to be like, how are you? Oh, yeah. How have you been? And I don't do that. Like, I've always, like, how are you? And then quickly go into, so, life sucks. (laughs) Um, Or go into, my life has been pretty level. But I think a good therapist is someone who is not your friend, who you can trust, who doesn't fully give you advice, Mm. but asks you questions so you can give yourself advice. Mm. Because she never tells me what to do, what to do, or how to look at things. Because she's not a life coach. No. She's a very lovely therapist who I now know has a child. (laughs) And we're on Zoom and her cat always appears. I forgot her cat's name. If you're listening, my lovely therapist, your cat's adorable. I can't believe you have a baby. <laughs> it blew my mind. I, I don't know why. It blew my mind that this woman had a child because I knew nothing about her. Right. And it just appeared. I also think it's important to note that with a friend, I sometimes I'll like unload my problem of that week or I'll complain about something or I'll we have a mini therapy session, but then I'll feel bad that now I've just burdened someone else with stressors in my life that like they didn't need in theirs and they have enough going on. They don't need to do that. And I don't think that way when I talk to a therapist, which is good, like I can be completely just uninhibited um, and not feel guilty at the end. Cause that's literally what I'm paying them for. Whereas you know, a friend, like, I want to share everything with you, but then I also don't ever want to put more on your plate than you're willing to hold. Um, cause I know from like my own experience, I've had to say to friends in the past, like if they were having a really hard time, especially related to mental health. And I don't mean like my car broke down. I mean like intense mental health issues that they needed to talk through. Like I wasn't the best option for them to talk about that with at that time because then I took on like their own stress as my own and suddenly I wanted to like solve their problem when in reality like they should have been talking to a professional and I should have been taking a nap or something (laughs) taking care of your own mental health There's, there's like a line between being like a really good friend and then being someone's therapist and I think your therapist is right when she says she can't be people's friend and she totally helped me by saying that because it kind of took away the me feeling bad for not saying Mm -hmm. how are you how have you been like I do still say how are you but she's like good and then we go to me I feel like once a year you should just ask her like have you had another baby (laughs) just to be sure how many children do you have now and what is your cat's name (laughs) Um, because I have lifted Duncan up twice for her to see I had talked about Duncan Duncan is my dog by the way um, talked about him all the time because I love him, even though you don't. <laughs> Duncan, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. She's, she's not. 
Um, where was I going with? Oh, and then she was finally like, can I see Duncan? And the poor old man, I was just like, come on, buddy. And lifted him up onto like my lap on the table. He like, really, he really does look like an old man. He's an old man. He's 11 and a half. Um, but going to you, you're saying unloading on a friend. How many times have I texted you and I just blurred something out and then I go, hold up. Can I vent to you right now? I really appreciate that. I appreciate when you ask. The answer is like always usually yes. But if I was having like I don't I don't have like really bad episodes anymore, but if I was having one of my really really bad episodes, like I I would honestly turn back and be like I don't know if I have capacity for that right now or like can I talk to you tomorrow? Like can we Yeah, totally. can we talk about it over coffee or something? I might suggest like an alternative, but I appreciate you asking. I need to remember to ask first. <laughs> But also with you, like, if you ask me, I like the whole reason for this podcast going back and forth with you is a form of therapy. I know I've said many times your friend isn't your therapist, but knowing you're going through something similar helps me. Yeah. Sort of recognizing that someone else is experiencing things similar and not just like mental health things. Like, I mean, I've known you for a very, very long time um, since we were 14 how old are we now, Abby? Oh my god. Oh my god, have I I've known you for 14 years? <gasps> Guys, I just re- did really quick math in my head. Um, I'd like a gold star for that. <laughs> yeah, wait. Yeah, for No, you're going to be 29. Oh, so man. like almost 15 years. Yeah, that's gross. That's wild. But I've known you for so long that I know we have other things in common than just mental health too. Like we have, we've talked about families and we've talked about our brothers were friends and I've been to your house and remember that time I hated you. Yeah, I do remember that time. I hated Abby when we were kids because my brother was always at her house (laughs) and I was jealous. Yes. But then I won her over with my love. (laughs) Save me. (laughs) This is a call for help. Oh, now I just remembered when we first became friends and you, like, I was so anxious and you, we were going out places and you were like, oh, I popped your bubble because I was actually talk to people and do things now. Oh, yeah. Thanks for popping my bubble, Abby. I would force her to speak to other humans or go on a walk or, I mean, you were the first person I knew who ever um, had, like, really bad anxiety I think people had said they had anxiety, but I'd never witnessed it before. And so, like, seeing you experience something, I think, was the first time that I actually had concrete evidence of what anxiety looked like. You're welcome to the introduction of mental health. (laughs) It certainly did not help me identify it when I was having anxiety (laughs) years later, but, you know, gave me an idea. Got Like, in looking... No, I guess... My freshman year of high school, before we met, was my first time in the hospital for mental health because I was in such a bad spot, like my first few months of high school, that my mom was like, we need to get you into therapy. And there was wait times then, which this was in 2007. Especially probably more for like a kid. Yeah. So she was like, all right, we're going to take you to the hospital, which was Children's Hospital. And it freaked me out. And because I was like, I don't, didn't know I needed to be there, but I needed to be there. Right. Um, And that, honestly, is probably the first thing that saved my life. 
I wasn't suicidal then. But I easily could have led to that sooner mm. if I hadn't had that help. Um, but by the time I met you, I was probably on meds for a little bit. So you met Anxious Julie with a little bit of medication on. It's funny because I think about my mom got me on birth control around eighth grade. So I was the summer that I turned 14. So right before high school. And now that I've off birth control and have gone through the whole like hormonal ups and downs, I recognize now that there were so many things that I experienced as a teenager. Like I didn't cry. I would get anxious or upset about something, but like I didn't, I wasn't like showing my emotions in like a normal teenage hormonal way. Yeah, I don't know how many times I could say I've seen, saw you cry. I mean, I cry now, like all the time. I cry constantly now. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Like hourly, if if given the chance. Um, But yeah, I honestly, I think I went on birth control, and I I truly think it suppressed my hormones quite a bit. Because being off of it now, and uh, it's totally different. I mean, being off of it now, now I had to like relearn almost how to like regulate my own emotions. And it it really does make me think about like mental health. Like I, would I have experienced this stuff in high school if I had been feeling my hormones and my emotions fully? I mean, I'm not a doctor in any way and I could be completely speculating, but. Thanks for letting me know that. (laughs) I have no medical background for the record. Um, But it is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, being on the pill for almost 10 years and so young at such like a transitional time in my life, it does make me think about how connected it was then to when I experienced like mental health issues later on in my 20s or early 20s when I went off of birth control and how correlated those two things are. I um, started birth control probably in 2007, so 14 almost 15 um and I my anxiety would always get really really bad mm. right before my period and I couldn't like I all said I'd just be crying and it was usually on the the skip week mm. so I think that's when my hormones were like free oh yeah and that, so going yeah and I mean saying, if you're like, not regulating it normally or if you don't know what it feels like it's like floodgates opening oh yeah and it's still it's still bad like I had I that's not TMI I'm gonna talk about everything a brutal honest truth here (laughs) I just had my period last week and I was so emotional and like my meds do help and like most people with periods and their hormones change can get emotional but like mine in high school would be terrible Mm. and it thinking about now maybe it was that the week of the what sugar pills or whatever they're called mm-hmm. um but now i'm off birth control which is great though did you notice any changes with hormones and emotions since going off i got off birth control and changed um anxiety um, and depression oh. <laughs> meds like at the same time because i wasn't liking my meds so i don't know mm. but my period is like not I will never say my period is fantastic, but it's I was on birth control for PCOS and regulating my period. 
and it was hell on birth control. Now that I'm off of it, it like comes right on time. Oh, interesting. And it's like four days. It used to be hell, and it would just sporadically show up. Yeah. It's like you hit a reset button. It was great. <laughs> I hope it stays this way. Speaking of periods, though, I did hear something in the news today. Again, not corroborated or sponsored by any companies. But I use Thanks and NYX. Me too. Well, for thanks. all of my uh, period underwear. Um, I prefer it over tampons and pads. And I There's like it. There's a tampon shortage. <laughs> what? Are you serious? There, yes. There's a tampon shortage. Well, that's concerning. Okay, well, this is also concerning then. So Thinks and Nicks right now are being, uh, they're like in the middle of a lawsuit, not with each other, but with the, I think it's the FDA, because um, they're called PF, PFAS chemicals, the forever chemicals. That is like basically plastics that can seep into your bloodstream and whatnot, apparently were found in their underwear. And NYX is especially, I'm probably butchering all of these facts, but NYX is apparently in more hot water because they claimed that they did not have these chemicals in their products when in fact they do. So Thinks is in less hot water because they never claimed to not have them, but apparently they're not great. I mean, they can cause um, infertility and hormonal issues even with it just being on the outside. i know i need an expert i have some concerns about it just because you just wear them like a piece of clothing but there is like technology woven into the material of those underwear which keep them from smelling and leaking and apparently it's in that so i don't know if it needs to be on your skin or how close you need to do have it to your body or how often you use it i think I want to look into this further because I'm concerned considering I use them every single month. Um, I love them. They're oh my gosh. So great. comfortable. The My anxiety of going out and like leaking, gone. Yeah. And just comfort level. I, I bloat like a full pant size. So I need like the stretchiest pants and it's just uncomfortable wearing anything that's you know, just makes it even more uncomfortable. And so having like really comfy underwear on and not having to worry about a pad flipping over or a tampon hurting, you know? Damn tampons and the shortage. Yeah, wait, why is there a shortage? Because of cotton or because of... I haven't gone into it, but my mom told me and then I saw an article headline, but I didn't click it. All right, so what I'm learning is we need to do some research ahead of these podcasts. We didn't know we were going to talk about periods. I know. Actually, we never assumed we would end up in this direction. No, but this is going to happen a lot. This is how our conversations go. They're like cyclical and they'll just keep going. We'll like cut out the spiral. bullshit. You'll cut out the bullshit. <laughs> Abby has volunteered to do all of the editing. No. Um, no, that was my one caveat when we said we were going to do a podcast. I was like, please do not make me do the audio editing. I hate editing audio or video. I'm a photographer. I like things to stand still. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what we haven't done is in, like you wanted to introduce yourself, like what you do. Oh, right. My name is Abby. I am a writer and a photographer. I have anxiety and depression. I live with my lovely husband, who is very supportive. 
I love to play The Sims and eat chocolate, and I have about three cups of tea and coffee a day. <laughs> nice to meet you, Abby. I'm Julie. I am a writer when I'm depressed, but nobody gets to read it. I am a iPhone photographer of my dog, but I suffer from MDD, which is major depressive disorder, OCD, which I don't have to tell everyone because most people know, but it's obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, everyone who suffers from OCD can suffer from it in a different way. Uh, I have severe anxiety. Um, and I was joking around earlier, I have LGBTQ plus activities as part of the Alphabet Mafia. I just wanted to add to the, the as acronyms, I can't think of the word. Um, but that's me, and I'm ready to talk about everything I've gone through in 29 years of my life and hopefully save someone else's life. That was beautiful. What about, what if I ask you a question right now? What does depression feel like to you? Mm, that varies when I'm in a really good spot it can be hard for me to fully explain what my depression feels like um, the main words I would use would be it's exhausting um, I did a video in school a long time ago and I said it feels like everything and nothing at the same time because mm. I feel like I'm feeling all emotions but nothing. Um, I'm in a different place now with my depression that it's more... It, they use the term functioning anxiety. I use the term functioning depression, even though I have anxiety too. Um, my functioning depression is showing up to events even if I don't want to and trying to enjoy them and looking like I enjoy them but not loving the time. I had pit tickets to Taylor Swift. <gasps> I always wanted these tickets. This is like a big connection for depression for me. And I left saying I didn't fully enjoy it, which I love Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's I weird. I spent almost $900 on a pit ticket, and I realized the whole time I wasn't there because I could not emotionally be there. So... For me, depression is not enjoying the things yeah. you love. That I should have loved every second of that. And I can look back to this day and say, meh, because of my depression. That's wild. It sucks. I feel like that's a big sign for some people. Like things that they previously really enjoyed, they stop enjoying or they stop doing because they don't well that goes like when me saying I don't have passions like I used to play guitar all the time I used to do all of these things and it's been eight years of rebuilding myself and I think now almost 30 I'm finally gonna find my passions mm. because my 20s were spent recovering and making sure I actually wanted to be here and I think that's part of not well maybe why I didn't have passions because I didn't want to be here mm. um yeah and I mean now one of your passions I would say you're like a huge advocate for suicide prevention mental health in general mental wellness you say you have no passions but 
you're so passionate about helping other people who experience those similar things because you know what that's like. Don't make me cry. Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird to say that's my passion, but that, it, like, even in therapy, I will talk and she's just like, we'll say, like, wow, like you, you, you've really taken the time to look at things in a different way and want to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, we weren't going to get in a job, but, like, I don't have passion in my job. I get my work done, and I want to get it done right and get it done on time because I have passion in how I am perceived as myself. Mm-hmm. But it's a paycheck. It's a paycheck. Yeah. I want to do something that I love. And I think my 30s are where I'm going to find that. I hope. But guess what? Still no timeline. (laughs) We'll see. That's Um, fine. Like we were saying earlier, uh, we always think we need more structure and maybe we need less. (laughs) Some people would look at us and say we need a lot of structure. (laughs) A lot. Especially when we're together. But I think we don't need structure. That's how we are. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at livelaughlorazepam and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. And join us later this month for episode two.